Those songs were powerful. I mean, when you think about what we were singing, laying down our lives, putting it all on the line for the Lord. And that's why we are here, trying to get to that place. And we're all on our own personal journeys. But if we persevere, if we persist, continue to seek after the Lord, we'll get there. And I know God is doing something in this church. God is at work in this church. And Kim's testimony is just a tip of what is supposed to be coming. Let us prepare our hearts before the Lord. We acknowledge your presence with us this morning, Lord Jesus, the invisible God, the creator of the universe, the God of love and infinite mercy, the one who laid down his life on the cross for mankind, the one who has now given to us all authority that is in heaven and in earth. We worship you this morning, O Jesus. We bow down before you this morning. And we pray, O God, that you will lift every veil from our minds. Open our spiritual eyes that we may see you, O God. Open our minds so that we may be able to understand. Speak to our very spirit and soul this morning, dear Jesus. And give us the strength, the boldness, and the courage to respond. In Jesus' name, amen. The Capitol campaign was a, the first time I've ever done anything like that. Um, we eventually came up with a number. And the target number was, with, with 30 family pledging, the target number was 125170 dollars. You know, at first, we may be a little bit doubtful about that. But God in his mercy is not afraid to exceed our expectations. So if you go back to that brochure, it specifically said, the goal of the capital campaign, the end goal, is for us to be instruments of Christ for life and community transformation. The campaign started in April of 2017, and it's a three-year campaign. And I said the target is about 125,000. So far, we have collected just about $86,600. We are almost 70% of the way, and we still have another year to go. Give yourself a clap. God is good. You know, I, I just thought, as Christians, we're scared of money. I, I don't know why. We have this issue with money. <laughs> and I think we just need to have this, have a balanced approach in general. And the world is 
too much extremes. Christ is not about extremes. His love unites us. You have to give and take as we form community. You have to lose that selfishness and that individuality which society has now brainwashed us into. Instead, we have to rethink church and rethink who we are. Yes, you're an individual. Yes, you have a personal relationship with the Lord. But I'm talking about the balance. <laughs> you're also part of a community. We are a part of a community and a diverse community at that. Some of us are going to be shocked when we get to heaven. I recently heard that the nightclubs are more diverse than the church. I also heard that at all, most of these games, they are more diverse than the church. Is there a problem there? So on this capital campaign, last year, we spent, well, the last two years, we spent about $58,000. And the major repairs, remodeling, construction, and so on, that we did. We did a chimney, which cost roughly about $21,000. That beautiful mural outside is attracting so much attention to our church, and of course, the hope is to the Lord, $5,500. And of course, our roof has cost just over $16,000. And then just this year, we... You remember we had some flooding down in the lower part of the church and the kids' area, the children's area. That got remodeled for roughly, the figures I have here is about $28,000. And from the budget, the capital campaign budget, we used 11000 about $12,000. And the insurance covered about $16,000 for that. Currently, we have a balance in the uh, capital campaign account of about $12,000. So we still have a way to go. But to be honest, I think at the rate we are going and the way the Lord is leading us, and just to mention, to say thanks to someone who gave a significant amount of funds to the capital campaign recently. So we we do appreciate that, and thank you that whoever it is responded to the prompting of, of the Lord. So... It's quite evident that the Lord is working amongst us, not only on the invisible level, but clearly what is invisible is now becoming visible, and that's what it's all about. If you look at the goal for this capital campaign, and then you look at our vision and the mission for this church, you'll notice that they are very much aligned. To be an instrument for life and community transformation. And if you notice, I put there the Lord's vision for us. Because if we start thinking that this vision is Pastor Scott's vision, And if we start thinking that it's just a leadership vision, we may have a problem. 
the leaders have spent months praying, fasting, doing retreats, seeking the Lord, finding out what do you want us to do, Lord, as a church? How do you want us to reach out to the community? How do you want us to take care of ourselves? That's what came up from the capital campaign. It's for life and community transformation. To be a hub of life transformation that spread to the, the hope of Jesus Christ to the city of Rochester. Love God. Love people. Serve the world. This is what this church is created for. Jesus is here with us today. We can't see him, but he's here. He's hearing every word I say. He knows everything that is going on within our hearts, within our soul. So the question is, giving the church all that money, (laughs) what are we doing with it? What have we achieved so far? Last time I was here, I, I, well, last week when I spoke, I threw out the challenge of praying for 30 days for perhaps one or two persons that you believe God would like to draw to him to be saved. I hope a few of you are praying. I am. And I'm also praying for a heart for the lost. And funnily, yesterday morning I met with someone on a project in Africa, we were talking about it. I said to him, can you tell me of a group in Africa that is totally unreached and unchurched? And he just blew me away. He said, that's exactly where my heart is, and I know that group. They are so poor and disconnected. They don't have a church or anything like that. Why am I telling you this? God is at work. And things that we just take simply, sometimes when we talk, we don't even realize that Jesus is speaking through us or speaking to us because we are not acutely aware of his presence. And I'm hoping that when I finish sharing with you, we will all get to that place where our spiritual eyes will be opened, our spiritual senses will be sharpened. So that we are acutely aware, wherever we are, whether it be in the church, whether it be in the community, whether it be at work, that we are acutely aware of his presence. I'm not there yet either. I'm listening to the Lord speaking even as I speak. So I'm in it with you all. So here's the big question. How do you, how do I, become an instrument of Christ for life and community transformation. So as a surgeon, when I go to the operating room, they have what they call a preference card. We have nurses here? Any nurses here? (laughs) Bless you, my brother. And on that card, depending on the procedure you're going to perform, they have to take all these instruments out, right? Now, 
what amazes me sometimes, they, they take out so many instruments sometimes. I'm thinking, why are they wasting all this stuff? But the point is, if you get into trouble, you're going to need one of these. And sometimes you can't sit there for hours or minutes, you know, to get it. So it's quite appropriate for them to take out the instruments. And they have a preference card for each surgeon and for each procedure. You have different procedures. And the instruments have to be correct. Not only that, but the instruments have to be clean, right? So they have a place in the hospital. For me, it's like a black box. I don't go down there. They call it Central Sterilizing Unit. So they would take all these big instruments and take them down to Central CSU. And they would clean the instrument and do all sort of stuff with them and pack them away. And then when you call for it, they would bring them up to you, right? Now, if they just clean the instrument, bring the instrument up, now you do a beautiful surgery. A great scrub tech with you, know what he or she is about, surgery is finished. Later on in the night, they call you, tell you, oh, Dr. Thomas, the patient has fever, she's septic. She needs to go to the intensive care unit. Pastor Scott brings up memory, right? <laughs> what, what, what was the problem there? The problem was we had clean instruments. The instruments were clean. They were shiny. They looked good. They looked great. If you look at that instrument, you couldn't tell anything was wrong. Because it's clean. It's a perfect instrument. But they missed a step in dealing with those instruments if they just clean the instruments, right? The process is called sterilization. Well, if you have big chunks of stuff on it and all messy, you can see that. But you know what sterilization gets at? It gets at the unseen, the invisible. Yeah, you can go up and tell, well, it doesn't exist. We don't see it. It looks clean. So to me, the central sterilization unit is the church. This is where we get cleaned, looking perfect. We only look that way. Do not go out into the community to do anything. (laughs) All those who have given money to the capital campaign, that's what that money is about. Setting up our central sterilizing unit, the church. We need a place to meet. We need a place where we can glorify God, we can lift Him up, we can worship, we can teach, we can preach, prepare the body before we go out. And I'm totally convinced in the last four years that I'm here that that's a road that we have been traveling on. And I can feel it in my spirit that God is working on us to reach that point where we're going to move into the community. So we need to be sterilized. All that instrument needs to be sterilized. We need to get to the invisible stuff. The soul. 
the Spirit. Sometimes I wonder why Christ just stayed invisible. Did you know that Christ was showing himself to people from way back before he came and died on the cross? Sometimes we tend to forget that, you know. Of the Trinity, Jesus turned up to Abraham. And said, listen, you're going to have a child at 100 years old. A lot of you probably don't even remember that Abraham laughed at, 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 at the Lord. Hmm? He just laughed. So don't beat up yourself when you have doubts and you, have, you can't believe what the Lord is saying. He's gracious. He's merciful. He's still going to accomplish what he needs to accomplish if you just persist. This is not an excuse to be mediocre or an excuse to sin. It's an encouragement to persevere. How do we become instruments of Christ for life and community transformation? Just to mention that Sarah also laughed. But most times we remember Sarah. But Sarah was even worse than Abraham. You can imagine Jesus turned around and said, Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? This is God. You know what Sarah said? Sarah looked at the Lord and said, I didn't laugh. (laughs) Give me a break. She lied to the Lord right in his face. Right? You think we're any different? We're not different. But God was still gracious. Still gracious. Despite Sarah lying to the Lord, the Lord kept his promise. Because of his grace. Sometimes we get so legalistic that when we sin or we do something wrong, <laughs> it's like, hey, the Lord don't love me anymore. As soon as you run into a little spot, as the English would say, a bit of bother. <laughs> right? You start thinking the Lord don't love you anymore. The Lord is gracious and he will fulfill his promise. So how do we get those instruments sterilized? It is by believing and obeying. What you think the Lord is saying to you, then you should act on that. Believe and obey what the Lord is saying to you. Whatever you think it is. It sounds radical. I mean, Pastor Scott, let's put it, put it on the line. Come up and let's pray for you. And people start thinking, well... I don't know if anybody's going to get healed. That's not your business. (laughs) That is the Lord. And as the Lord speaks to your heart, you just move. Move in obedience. Believe and obey is how you make that transition. It is faith with works. The scripture said the demons believe that there is one God. And what they do? They shudder. They don't obey God. So don't believe that because we believe. It's a big deal. It's not. The demons are sensible. They ain't stupid. They know there's a God. But sometimes we believe like there's no God. Especially in the church. 
Because we don't obey. That's why I'm saying that, including myself. If you believe, if I believe, then we should obey. If we believe Jesus Christ is the creator of the universe, then we should obey. If we believe that if we die now, it's no big deal, then we should obey. If we believe that heaven is better than here, and we die, you heard that song we were singing? About dying for the Lord, putting it all on the line. Do we really believe that? When we, including myself, truly believe that and obey it, this place will be transformed. Pastor Scott, there will be thousands of people coming in the church. We would have to have two services or plant a church somewhere else. Because it's the truth. People want to see the power of God at work in their lives. And sometimes we are like clean instruments. We want to do the work and we try to do the work, but we are causing more sick people than anything else. And sometimes we don't realize it. But thank God he's at work in this church. And I know that and I'm not saying that out of, it's just the fact. He is at work amongst us. Here's how you get there. Anything you ask of me, this is what you'll be saying to the Lord. I mean, these songs were just so on. Anything you ask of me, I am willing to do it. That to me is sterilization and availability. I am available and I am ready. Anything you ask of me, I'm going to do it. Is it easy? No, it's not. Because even as I say it, I cringe. I'm asking myself, am I willing to really lay it on the line? Probably because I'm a little bit older now. It makes it a little bit easier. But especially for the younger generation, it's harder for them. It's the truth. That's the way I feel. It's harder. As you get a bit older in the Lord and cover a couple of years under your belt, you probably feel that it's probably easier. But it's still a tough thing to do, to truly say, here I am, Lord. Anything you ask of me, I am willing to do it. That is how I believe we make the transition. And this is what God is saying to us today. And this is where the church is at at the moment. This is the meeting place. Now, all who have given money for the capital campaign, here it is. A meeting place to worship and glorify God. Second Kings 6, 1-2. You remember that? That was when Elijah and about 100 prophets, they couldn't hold in this little place. It was too small. And I said, you know, Elijah, come on. We need to build a bigger, bigger, bigger place where we can fit. So the physical space is important. They want it to be a little bit more comfortable. They want it to be a little bit more, uh, to accommodate more so they can fellowship. We want to do the same here. We want to fit in with the changes that is happening in our community. We don't want to have a whole rundown building and roof leaking and chimney falling into people's head. Come on, we're not that poor. You guys have proved it. You're giving so much poor much money. I mean, the Lord's going to stretch you a little bit more. Me too. Um, <laughs> but 
that's what it's about. That's where your fun is going. This is the central sterilization unit. Preaching and teaching, exercising the gift of the Holy Spirit, which we just did. We demonstrated that. This is where you practice all those things. We talk about sharing the gospel. Where do you practice? This is where you do it. This is where we, are, we get, all get equipped for the Lord's work in this city. That's what your money is going for when we talk about capital campaign. And it is being handled responsibly. And anyone who wants to know the detail of how that money is spent can always check in with me, Amy, Pastor Scott, and you will get all the details on that. Look at what we're doing. RAIN. Immigration Legal Services. We had those four years ago. Did we? Yeah, you you think nothing is happening? Open your eyes. A lot is happening (laughs) in this church. Renewal Counseling Ministry coming on stream. Flower City Work Camp by the young people. Turkey basket to the to heart and soul members. These are activities we know about the quizzing team. This is what the Lord is doing in this building, this meeting place. This present evil age has already been invaded by the kingdom of God in our Lord Jesus Christ. Understand that. The first phase of that invasion. God had predicted that. I'm going to stop so I don't want to go over. How much more time do I have to Okay, a couple minutes. God has invaded. When Christ came and he died, he broke the power of Satan. And his mission on earth, his death, his resurrection, was all about breaking that stronghold, that power of Satan over the world. And now we are in between, waiting for the second coming. And God is, going, is using this church, Christ is using the church as for his mission. This is not about us. This is about the Lord. And sometimes we tend to get it confused. We are on God's mission. We are God's instrument. And then of course when he comes back, that's the final time he will take over completely and establish his kingdom. But he has predicted that from in Genesis when he said that the devil would literally crush. I mean, he said that the seed of Eve would crush the head of the devil. What happened when you crush someone's head? That's the end of them. And that's what that is saying. But he would prick the heel of Jesus, which is a crucifixion. I could go on about Thomas not believing that Jesus rose from the dead. And Jesus saying to him, stop doubting and believe. Just remember, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. 
we talk about the kingdom coming. We must be mindful where two, three, two or three are gathered. He's right here in the midst of us. And now that he has died and rose and sitting at the right hand of the Father, he's now saying to us, this is the transition. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to obey all my commands. Lo, I am with you always. I think as for New Hopers, we have done that first part. We're teaching, we're preparing, and now we are about to go. We need to rethink church. We need to start our entire understanding of church with Christ's presence among and working through us, an embodiment of the risen Christ. Let us embrace the reality of the invisible. We should have a proper balance between how followers are organized, discipled or helped, and of course moving in obedience with what Christ has laid out for us to do. We need a set of believers with common beliefs, but we can't stop there. We must be transform ourselves so that we can bring that change into our neighborhoods. The next step for us as a church is to go out into the community and make disciples of Christ. It's to engage the community and establish partnership in community services and projects. And we accomplish this through being always aware Christ is with us and by faith do what we believe he wants us to do. We all have a role to play. For every procedure, there is a particular instrument. Clean, ready, and sterilized from CSU, the church. You don't have to get involved with everything. You're an instrument for a particular procedure. Let us start seeking the Lord to find out what instrument am I? Where do I fit in? Because I am one of those guys that would burn out. Because I want to get involved with just about everything it seems. But that doesn't work. And you have to be careful. Satan loves that. When we run over like headless chicken all over the place doing the work of the Lord. Right? The Lord should be working through us. Not us working, working, doing. It's important. Again, I say it's a balance. Always remember, we are blessed to be a blessing to others. Amen.